Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending where you are and when you are hearing the show. It is Sip, Smoke, and Savor, and welcome to it. It's show number 10. This is the program that is all about craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. My name is Cruz. My partner is Ian Barry. Ian, welcome back to the studio. Man, how are you doing this week? You know what? It's been a busy one, and I'm a little, like, like you know, I feel like I've been running a little too fast, but I walked in and I saw what our special guest has brought today. This, this and is, I'm really quite psyched about the whole You know what occurs idea. to me that, that uh, you know, left to our own devices, we don't always hang out every week because we got busy lives, but mm-hmm. this... This makes us hang out every and, week, and, and, and that it's a ain't good bad. thing. And then it, when we hang out, like above and beyond that, it's kind of like it starts to feel like hey, this. This is this is my drinking butt. That's right. what it starts to feel like. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like because like, you have those friends in life. You have you have uh, family. You know, you have mm-hmm. friends. And then you have drinking friends. The drinking buddies. And I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, give me the drinking buddies over the first two <laughs> categories. I'm just See, saying, I got lucky enough. Times I got two brothers that can also be t- uh, drinking buddies. Yeah. See, my I, I have a brother, and he's a good guy, but he's he's not not real strong in the drinking buddy department. Uh, you know, he's just, you know, he's he'll have a margarita every once in a while, a, you know, a little cocktail or a beer or something, but... You can't go, dude. We're going downtown. Come on, you know, like it's it's he's not that kind. Of, so so I fill that void in my life with people like you. Ian, this is good, yeah, because you have to be selective. You don't want to get somebody who just turns maudlin all of a sudden. That's right. <laughs> no, that's right. You need somebody that if they get a little tipsy, you can still stand to be around them. That's, that's right. extremely extremely important. Well, welcome to the show. We have had a couple of really, I think, really good good fun weeks in a row on the program, and we're really psyched about uh, this week because we have a lot to talk about. Um, There is stogie news that is like, ding, 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 stop the presses. And I'm really excited to talk about this this week. A new study confirms, and this is not bogus, that cigar smoking is not related to significant health risks. Cigar smoking in moderation is not related to significant health risks. I'll get to the study, but this is a big deal because the government keeps trying to cram down our throat that it is, it is, it is, it is. And, you know, it kind of like follows logically that it might be, so everybody buys into it. But the facts are the facts, and a new study is talking about them, and we'll share that with you. Plus, uh, a judge has called the Texas craft beer distribution law unconstitutional. That's a big uh, big and positive news story That's for Texas one, craft yeah. brewers. So we'll get to that. And we'll talk about places to smoke. And we, of course, have a special I'm going to let you do the honors actually of our introducing special our special guest because you, you arranged this and I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I have a friend of mine that came to, uh, uh, came to us about a year ago and said, hey guys, I got some good news. We're starting up a brewery. Don't you love yeah. friends that'll tell you things like that? I love that. I see. And then, of this course, to my all wife. of my friends were like, "Give me a job," but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're kind of a smaller outfit than that. But anyway, uh, they just opened. Uh, I went to their soft opening. It was uh, uh, just a few weeks ago, and had such a great time. They had three beers available there. They're called Eureka Heights. Eureka Heights. Eureka and Heights. are they located here, in the Heights here of Houston? in Houston? Yes, in the Heights on 18th Street. Mm-hmm. What's uh, the address? Is Oh, give me a second. It is <laughs> 941 West 18th Street, Houston, Texas. Awesome. So, Eureka so, Heights Brew Company. Yeah, and they have three beers available, and they got so many people 
They weren't expecting the, their soft opening to be that many people, so everyone was there with panic looks, sweat dripping off of them. Uh, but they did this great thing. like They had this l- super long line they weren't expecting, so they started pouring beers into like samplers and just walking around to people in the line and giving people samples so they knew that they were coming up to... While they're standing in line. While they were love standing it. in line. That was a love brilliant it. way to start handling yes. uh, things like that. you yes. got to love that kind of business... Yes, uh, savvy. Yes, you by do. Way. So anyway, we got Brent Davis from over there. He is the ambassador of Buzz. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to Eureka talking Heights to Brent. Brewing Company. And I am looking forward to it because I have not tasted any of the Eureka Heights. Well, they had three at the soft there, opening, so. yeah. and uh, I've tried those three, but we have two new ones that I have never tried. Okay, so, so we'll be getting I'm to all excited of those. About that, yeah. yep. We'll be getting to all of those on the show today, plus a lot of the things that we talked about. And a spirit tasting, I brought uh, a tequila that I go a long ways back with. It is the uh, Siembra Azul Blanco. And now... I generally am a bit of a tequila snob. I go, oh, no, I just want the Añejos. I, I want the really long-aged, really, like, top-shelf barrel-aged for for as long as I can get it. The I was Añejo, surprised when you the said Super the Blanco. Añejo. This Blanco kicks butt in a way that many uh, Añejos that I've had can only dream of. I don't so think I'm I've gonna, tried I'm gonna show I, I've given away, obviously, that I really like this, but uh, I'm really interested to see your take on it. When we had uh, one of our uh, guests, who was it? It was uh, four or five weeks ago, one of our guests who was on uh, oh, I know. It was our uh, our friend from Specs who was on. Right, uh, Joey. Who was on Joey, yes. Uh, he just mentioned this tequila out of the blue, and he's a beer guy. So like, I was like, oh, my God, I have to get that and bring it in on What is on tequila? Show. Should we start doing shots at the beginning of the show and then review it at the end? <laughs> or are we just going to wait? I think we should wait. All right. I think we should wait. we got a lot of beer to taste. <laughs> so we'll get to all of that coming up. Of course, in the first segment of the show, Ian, I always uh, like to ask you, did you smoke anything interesting this week? I I did. I smoked an old standby. Oh, yeah? I had, and I think I've even talked about this on the show before, but I had uh, one left in my humidor, so I had a Perdomo Champagne, 10th oh, anniversary Champagne. Yes. Now, this is a fairly mild cigar for your palate. It's isn't a it? very mild cigar, oddly enough, for my palate, uh, but it is a big, creamy, uh, wonderful smoke, mm-hmm. and it's a very aged Connecticut wrapper. Uh, it's a Nicaraguan cigar. It's a very aged uh, wrapper. All the, uh, the binder and the filler are very aged in this. That's why it's. Um, it's Such a complex flavor to it. It has like a, a little bit of coffee, a little bit of a, a little bit of not really spice, but but spice, almost interesting kind of flavors, and almost a little bit of honey flavor on the tail end of it. Uh, a little sweetness to it that you don't really expect. And of course, I had it with my standby, the uh, Glen Morangi original the 10 yes, year and yes. those two things something about those two things together is just such a beautiful and delicious uh blend and i uh and that's that's just a moment where i truly enjoy sitting down and doing nothing but enjoying those two things together so i and very much enjoy well, there is really something to be said for the right combination yeah. of a particular spirit and a particular kind of cigar i have uh i have had uh, one of my uh, go-tos which i don't want to say too much about because i really want to review it on a on an upcoming show but one of my go-tos just pairs so well with the kraken black spiced rum (laughs) and i could go with like a more expensive and a more you know um um 
processed, not processed, but a more aged, you right. know, uh, uh, rum. And I love those really super premium rums. But there's something about this particular cigar and that particular spirit yeah. that just matches up so perfectly. We should start probably a, posting those on our Facebook. I suppose we should. Maybe pairings is is something right. we should spend more time uh, talking about because cigar when liquor, you find one, when you find one, it's a wonderful. Well, in one of our previous thing. episodes, we had that moody tongue caramelized chocolate churro yes. Baltic porter that goes with every cigar i'm i'm convinced <laughs> right now goes with and then just a long list of cigars that every goes cigar, with cigars. every cigar we've never smoked yes <laughs> which would be a fairly long list well right. uh so anyway uh i had a, a really interesting cigar this week it was the monte by monte cristo this is one of the newer uh, Monte Cristo, non-Cuban Monte Cristo blends. Uh, it's a Perfecto shape. It's a 60 ring gauge, and it is, um, it, it's been touted as a really big deal. And I will say it was not bad, but it didn't live up to the hype for me uh, personally. The burn wasn't terrible, but it wasn't perfect either. It did have some nice flavors, chocolate nuts and cedar but i was ex- i was just expecting more maybe it's just one of those things like if you just handed it to me and said here try this i probably would have come at it differently and thought yeah this is really nice but my expectation level was kind of high and i felt like the cigar didn't quite sometimes the height builds it up a little too much right and that can be true with a lot of these really heritage brand names like a monte cristo or an arturo fuente you you know they make great cigars you've smoked great cigars that they have then the word comes out oh here's something new and it's even better and then you kind of set the bar maybe a little too high for it. So that, where does that fit on the quality versus price I'm scale? I'm going to give it about a six. About a six. Yeah, it's not a super expensive. It's an eight to ten dollar cigar, so it's gotcha. not cheap, not expensive. Kind of, kind of in the middle there. I, I always consider that anything that's over ten dollars to be an expensive cigar. I'll agree with that's, that. That's that's just that. my sort of thing. And if it's like under six. I uh, go, yeah, that's a, that's a less expensive yeah. cigar. Uh, so this this kind of lands right in the middle there. And, uh, you know, again, it's good. Maybe I should smoke another one. This is I, I did only smoke one of these, so it might be worth another one. But at least my initial report was I kind of wished I'd pulled something else out of the humidor. It could turn out that it just needs a pairing like we talked about as well. Well, that's also very possible. I bet it goes with a moody tongue. <laughs> Caramelized chocolate yeah. churro Baltic porter. You know, you may have a good point there because, from what I've been told, almost no beer doesn't. Uh, <laughs> right. Right? right. So, uh, so that's something we. Yeah, you're right. Maybe if I'd had the uh, the moody tongue, we had been. Yeah. So uh, now we're talking about the moody tongue. We're giving you know our guest here. Uh, a lot to live up to because we've got we've got some good looking beers sitting on the counter here, and we're going to be getting into those in the next segment. Um, and we'll let him tell us what what he thinks we should taste first and in what order. Uh, but we're really excited about this. You know, I love giving uh, beer enthusiasts who are making their own beer, who are stepping out into the world of craft brewing. I love us being able to give them. Uh, I don't know if we have five people listening or or five thousand or five. 100,000, 
but I love that they can share it with whoever is this outlet to talk and, about and just it. be yeah. able to talk about the beer. So, uh, especially because I haven't seen Eureka Heights on the shelf yet, so I'm going to be asking, uh, is it on the shelf? Where is it? If not, when can we see it? And I can't wait to taste it. These, oh, these are nice and cool too. So that's coming up. It's sip, smoke, and savor craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. Ian and Cruz will be right back. Welcome back to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. My name is Cruz, my partner Ian Barry. Uh, Ian, we have uh, something really exciting we want to share with everyone. On Saturday, October 1st, uh, Whiskies of the World is going down mm. at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Houston. We'll be taking the show on the road. We'll be recording some segments there, talking to people who love whiskey, people who make whiskey, and people who serve whiskey all in one room. There's going to be over 200 different whiskeys that you can sample yeah, the at the Whiskeys of the World event. Plus food and whiskey pairings. We've been talking about pairings and cigar and whiskey pairings. So uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, here on the show, we're going to be talking with some of Whiskey's Elite, who will be there at the uh, at the Whiskies of the World event. So uh, be sure and tune in across the next couple of weeks. If you'd like to be with us uh, at Whiskies of the World, Saturday, October 1st, we have a special code that you can use when you buy tickets online that will save you 20%. Now, you do have to buy before September 10th. So go to the uh, Sip, Smoke, and Savor Facebook page to find the code. Uh, if you'd rather be uh, someone's shot of whiskey than everyone's cup of tea, I didn't write that, but it says that here. Uh, <laughs> celebrate the art of whiskey with us on Saturday, October 1st, during Whiskeys of the World at the Hyatt Downtown. And I believe the code is SSS, so I'll just yes. tell you that right now. So uh, that way, if you're listening, you want to like go grab that now. Well, because 20% is nothing be, to sneeze at. It is going to be super whiskeys. fun. And I know you are such a whiskey aficionado. Yeah, I'm excited I know you're that. looking forward to this. Well, I'm excited about our special guest today. Ian, you were out at the soft... Uh, opening of this uh, new brewery in the Heights in Houston, and came back raving about it. So, uh, tell me, uh, tell me what what we should expect here today. We had a great time at the soft opening. Like I said, I tried three of the beers. We've got Brent Davis from Eureka Heights joining us today. How you doing today, Brent? Hello, hello, howdy, how are y'all? <laughs> Good. He is the ambassador of Buzz. Love it from the uh, Buzz uh, Eureka Heights Brewery. So, to uh, I think right now we're going to try a few of these. Do you mind if I do the? Uh, 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 do the uh, honors of opening yeah. this. Is that, I like, the right, I like, is that the right one? Is that this, the first This is going to be the yeah. first one. Yeah. yeah, and I just want to do this right in the mic again. We love to do this because we create our own sound effects here. No, uh, yeah. No uh, no sound effects records or CDs or uh, that, that or, wasn't true last week. <laughs> well, oh well, that's right because we had last the week device. We had that little box of, of sound effects that you were so excited about. And I don't know why the little spring sound is my favorite on that. <laughs> boing, boing. Yeah, the classic. I don't know. I think the sound effect you just made is my favorite because exactly. that just yeah. that just uh, maybe Pavlovian. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. already drooling. already into already it, right? already ready to go. So uh, so uh, Brent, tell us what this first beer from Eureka Heights is. That we're tasting, and then I want to ask you about these enormous cans. That absolutely, are almost like, absolutely, almost like small kegs. Yep. So we're going with Buckle Bunny first. It's our cream ale. Buckle, Buckle Bunny. Buckle. Buckle Bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, which is a term? Do you happen to know? Are you guys? 
familiar with the rodeo world very much. It's a term in the rodeo world. I, I, That's where I've heard it before. I couldn't remember it's what kind of coming up. Yeah, yeah. So this is a term for in the rodeo world, not my world. Uh, the ladies that chase after the cowboys. I was going to say this must be uh, like like yeah. groupie, like yeah, a groupie, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. like she's, a buckle bunny. Yeah, she's a fan. So wow. they're called buckle bunnies, and okay. so we uh, we made a beer in honor of them. Okay. Um, so our little logo is here is a, a little bunny with a horseshoe tattoo. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so this is our our cream ale <laughs> horseshoe tattoo. I might add, I'm looking at the logo that is in the <laughs> tramp stamp location. I so, avoided that term, but yes, yes, yes there uh-huh. it is, there it is. You gotta love it. Little sound. Um, so this is a was this was this the first beer that you guys brewed, or did you do several at the same time? How did the, how did this come about? This came about first um, because our brewer uh, who came from St. Arnold. Mm-hmm. Uh, he brewed there for four years, so he made uh, Art Car IPA, a Divine Reserve, number 14, uh, an Icon, um, and then a Fresh Hop as well. Yeah, but uh, did he do anything good? Oh, hello. <laughs> I saw your fridge. Come yeah, on. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Uh, uh, so he, his brother is a professional cowboy. and no so kidding. he does. Yeah, he does team roping. He goes to uh, Las Vegas. Um, and so he is a guy who... Um, kind of smashes yell- Coors Yellow Bellies till the sun comes down. Like, that's kind of his vibe, his mm-hmm. style. All right. So our brewer decided, well, I want to make a craft beer that can kind of tie us both together. We can meet halfway where this is a beer that's light, approachable, that you can get behind, that tastes great, and that at the same time craft veterans and people who are already into the scene uh, can also drink and appreciate and pick up on the, the nuances. So wow. that's what we have here. Well, this is a really nicely balanced light uh, cream ale. I like I, it very I do much. like it. What's interesting is a lot of cream ales, I'm, I'm not always the biggest fan of the style because mm-hmm. they always have a heaviness to them. Uh, and and uh, this has just got such a nice late Christmas to it. Also, like you said, it's very balanced, and the the aftertaste on this uh, leaves a lingering deliciousness. Yeah, it's um, there's a little bit more going on too because we used um, flake maize in there, so you get some sweetness from the corn that kind of comes through. Um, we also use German Kolsch yeast, so there's a little bit of graininess that comes with it as well. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some taste there. There's body, like you mentioned, it's not real light or watery or flimsy. Um, and then it leaves the, the palate nice and crisp. Um, it's also interesting that it's crisp, and it's a great word for it, but there's no bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's you were mentioning, Ian, that sometimes with the cream ales, it seems like occasionally brewers will almost like overcompensate for the <laughs> fact that this is a lighter style mm-hmm. by trying to put something you know more heavy or bitter right. in or there, eccentric. which yeah. usually isn't why people are going for a cream ale, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I really like this because it doesn't try to do that. It just says, hey, I'm a cream ale, and it's like nice and light and crisp and, and balanced, and I, I think it's quite good. And to follow up with what you were saying, is this the first beer? Yes, uh, it is, because... Um, we were primarily making beer, obviously, for everybody. We want everyone to enjoy it, but we're also going to be drinking this beer ourselves, and we work in a hot warehouse uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> presently. Let's yep. hope that changes in the future. Uh, <laughs> and here we are in Houston. We're at summer 12 out of the 12 months. Mm-hmm. So we wanted something that was really, really light and easy to drink. Um, you could have a couple of. This is only 4.2% ABV. Um and so it's just something that you it's could have on sessionable loop. at that point. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. And we yeah. need to buy a lot of this so they can afford to buy big fans for their. Thank you. Uh, yeah. their <laughs> warehouse because it does get a little you. warm in there. <laughs> a little toasty. Um, yeah. Well, I'll take a lot of this. This is this is a really really excellent uh, uh, cream ale. I think that um, you um, I lost where I was going with this, but you mentioned at the very beginning of this that your is it your brewer mm-hmm. has a brother. 
Yes. That is a... Professional cowboy. Yeah. See, this is something that I'd just like to point out as somebody who, you know, grew up in Texas, moved away, lived on the East Coast for like 15 years, the Upper East Coast, New England and Philadelphia and uh, Washington, D.C. and New York, and then moved back to Texas. In all of that time that I was gone, never once did I hear anyone say... And his brother is a professional cowboy. <laughs> like, this is something that is just completely unique yeah. to being in Texas and being a Texan. But, but absolutely true. Like, that people actually do that for a living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, and I can understand, you know, I, I, I don't think you'd expect the professional cowboy at the rodeo to get down off the horse and then, you know, have a, uh, a you know, a, a quarter or, or yeah. a, a stout or something. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of understand why they'd be going for something very drinkable, very sessionable. And that, uh, so this is bringing, this is about bringing family members together, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you take all <laughs> kinds of um, inspirations wherever you are. Right. And, and so you, you decide, well, I'm going to make this beer this one time for a rodeo event that uh, his brother holds in Memorial Day weekend. And then, lo and behold, wow, this is really good. This stands up under mm-hmm. any situation, any condition. Now, all of a sudden, we're having it you know, at tailgate parties on the side of a swimming pool, uh, you know, tailgating, whatever else like that. So uh, you start there, and then all the, it blows up from there. So, Well, this is, I think, is really good. And we, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. we have some other styles that we're going to get to coming up in the next couple of breaks. But, uh, but this, is, this is really good and a great way to start. Now, um, I guess, Ian, maybe go ahead and open the next beer. And let me ask, uh, Brent, uh, these all, you brought all of these in mm-hmm. in these extremely large cans, like bomber mm-hmm. cans or mini kegs. How, first of all, how do you describe this can? Yes, so it's called Crowler. So it's a Crowler. mix between can and growler. Can and growler, okay. And it's uh, 32 ounces, so you get two pints out of there. Okay. Uh, we sell these at the brewery to go. So as folks come in, they, they try all the different beers. They find mm-hmm. the styles they like, um, hopefully all of them. Uh, they then can buy these crowlers and then take them to go, which they do. I've, I've seen many people come through and, and buy all five um, of our brands. and. <laughs> Ah, I like that, that sound. Nice. Crowler, yeah. is, Crowler is definitely a better name than Grand, by the way. Grand yes. would be weird. Yeah, mm. yeah, I like that. Grand, yeah. I like that. Um, but then, yeah, they get to go off to a party or whatever social event with the brand new brewery who's been open three and a half weeks and have these stellar beers available to show to people. So it's it's pretty cool. So now, uh, are these beers, you've been open three and a half weeks, you said. Yep. Um, are these beers available on store shelves yet anywhere or right now do you have to get them at the brewery uh not presently they are at the brewery and at the the various accounts that various places where you have taps right exactly correct okay and so uh, i know we're we only got a minute left in the segment but um it, it, talk to me a little bit about the process of getting taps because okay. uh, I know there's, I know there can be a lot of politics involved in the different distributors, you know, lobbying for tap space and what mm-hmm. have you. So if you're an upstart, if you're Eureka Heights, you've got these really good beers. How do you go about getting uh, the uh, beer management people at a particular, you know, hot bar or nightclub mm-hmm. to say, all right, we're going to put you on tap this month? Well, we're pretty lucky in the fact that, one, you're new, so you're the shiny new toy. Mm-hmm. So people are interested already. That's going to help propel their customer base. Mm-hmm. Um, two, people want to support local. I mean, we all want to give uh, each other a, a fair shake and see you know, what you have to offer. Uh, and then three, when I walk in the door with these crowlers, these five crowlers. People like this, don't they? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then uh, the fact that we have our brewer who's very, very well accomplished. Um, Obviously, you mentioned his uh, his accomplishments at St. Arnold. Exactly. So. so once that's been put out in the air, uh, that really turns the ears, uh, that opens the ears to, to folks. So 
uh, from there we have a fair shake and then the beers do the rest of the job well, I'm a huge fan of the Art Car. That's a very well crafted beer. Definitely. So uh, yes. anybody that anybody that did that like has got my attention already. I drank you know? one pre-show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can talk about that actually in the next segment and talk about what are we going to be uh, tasting next, Brent? What is it's, this? It's Wicked Awesome R E S B. Wicked Awesome. All Wickets. right, we'll talk about that. Now that is something I heard in New England when I was there. Wicked <laughs> Awesome. Uh, but we'll talk about uh, this beer and taste it and uh, more details about the big changes in Texas craft brew laws coming up. Excited to hear about that. It's all right. There comes a time. Got no patience to search for peace of Welcome back to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We are uh, encouraging you to come join us if you're in the greater Houston area. Come join us on Saturday, October 1st at Whiskeys of the World. It's at the Hyatt Regency downtown Houston. There's going to be over 200 different whiskeys there, food and whiskey pairings, cigar and whiskey pairings. It's going to be quite an event. I am so excited and, about that. And like, if you're into whiskey at all, you do not want to miss it. It's going to be super cool. Uh, if you uh, buy your tickets online and use our um, special code, SSS, and buy them before September 10th, uh, you can save 20%, which is not a bad deal. So just passing that along. Use it uh, Use it carefully and wisely, uh, young Jedi. Um, a judge has handed down a decision that has craft brewers in Texas celebrating. It was a, uh, a, a 2013 law that a Travis County judge has ruled unconstitutional. It prohibited craft breweries from selling lucrative territorial distribution rights. And the judge says, nope, that prohibiting that is unconstitutional. Now, this, this may seem like a lot of like legality stuff, but it has to do with essentially craft breweries having sort of the same rights in distribution that the big boys do, is what it kind of boils down to. So... Right, and having yeah. some control over your own distribution right. makes a huge, huge... Three breweries sued the uh, TABC, the Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission, uh, nearly two years ago over this law that took away the right for breweries to sell these distribution rights, handing them over to the distributors themselves instead. These territorial rights had allowed breweries to accept money from a distributor in exchange for giving that distributor the exclusive right to sell the product in a certain area. The law then let distributors sell those territorial product rights uh, and which they basically get them for free. So uh, they then were able to turn around and sell them and it even allowed those companies to sell these rights to another distribution company while the manufacturer of the product never saw any money from the sale. So this this is really about taking care you know if you're well losing complete control of your distribution at that point in time too absolutely it's out of your hands so this is about taking care of the people who are crafting right. the actual beer and not just the machinery and the the works that get it out there it's kind of like it's kind of like supporting the independent musician instead of giving all your money to the record company right you know it's another way to another way to look at it doesn't mean Buy record merch. companies are evil doesn't mean distributors are evil it just means you know what the money really first and foremost should go to the people who are making this product that we're enjoying 
And so it's 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 uh, it's a pretty exciting thing. I'm I'm happy to happy to pass that along. By the way, uh, TABC has 30 days to appeal the ruling. We'll see whether they do or not. So uh, it's a fairly new uh, fairly new thing. So uh, we are enjoying the Eureka Heights uh, Brew Company, a brand new brewery in uh, Houston in the in the Heights in Houston, and we've already sampled the cream ale. Uh, now uh, tell me, uh, Brent is here from Eureka Heights. Tell me the name of this next one again. It's Wicket's Awesome. Wicket. Yeah, um, we're going wicked awesome on this because this is an ESB and this is our, our attempt at humor uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from taking cricket, which is an English sport, mm-hmm. uh, and calling it wicked. Uh, plus, it just sounds really cool, like just as, like as you mentioned. So I'm looking forward to hearing a lot of people with bad accents going, I want a wicked awesome. <laughs> wicked awesome. Bring yes, it on. B, by the way, stands for extra special extra bitters. Extra special bitters. Bitter, exactly. I really like this style of I'm beer. I'm a big fan of and extra special bitters. I have yes. noticed, though, that it's not, you know, we did the IPA show last week. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that ESB is not nearly as popular or widespread, or there, nor there's as many choices as IPA, and yet, you know, there's some similarities there to the There are some standbys still on the market, but you yeah. don't see a whole lot of new ones coming out. Which is precisely why we did it. I love that. Mm-hmm. We did a little that. bit of homework on this, guys. Uh, yeah, it's a style just not really done um, in the U.S. as a whole, and more so in the South. So we decided to put our foot in the uh, the English style there. Um, you know, you say the word bitter. We kind of try to avoid that because not a lot of people are familiar with this style. And so when you say something's bitter, they're already turned off. It's not happening. Right, right. Um, so we prefer just to kind of show them that it's kind of a sidestep to um, to an amber because it has mm-hmm. some of those same kind of characteristics. Yeah. Very maybe, malty. Maybe a little yes. more full-flavored than most ambers. Though, Correct. Right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not an amber, but, I mean, to someone who's not familiar with the style, you could at least point them that direction, and then they try it, and then they kind of understand right. you know, what's going on with it. Would it be accurate to say it's maybe somewhere between an amber and an IPA? You could. I mean, and that's because of how it evolved. Um, it was the previous... Uh, before there were IPAs, we're talking 200, 300 years ago. I don't, I don't do history. Yeah, IPAs but, are like 170 years old, something yeah. like that. We yes. talked about that, mm-hmm. I think, last yes. time, too. Yeah, so before there were IPAs, this was the bitter. This was the bitterest thing. But to our palate, 2016, you know, it's not anything what an IPA is. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why I try and make that kind of distinction to new people when they're trying out this style. But well, obviously, you see the color uh, right in the glass, this nice amber-looking it's a, color. It's got sort of a little dark reddish amber. to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a little red to mm-hmm. it, yes. And Absolutely. you're already knowing that it's not going to be an IPA. Uh, right. When I lived up in uh, Boston, uh, which I was mentioning earlier, and heard a lot of people say uh, wicked awesome <laughs> uh, uh, on an almost daily basis, mm-hmm. um, one of the breweries up there, I think they're also in Portland, Oregon, but they have a brewery in New Hampshire uh, is Red Hook. And mm-hmm. Red Hook has an ESB that is actually yeah. quite good Definitely. Uh, that I still you know, find a sixer of from time to time at uh, at Specs or someplace. If I, if I see it, I'll grab it. I'd know? like to point out too that even though this is called an extra special bitters, there are mm-hmm. many IPAs that are more bitter mm-hmm. than this on the, uh, especially on the tail end of the uh, well, certainly. drink. See, I just took a, a taste of this, and it doesn't taste bitter at all. No. to me, to my palate at least. No, right. and and bitter is um, air quotes. Hopefully, you can hear that over the uh, <laughs> over the airwaves here, mm-hmm. but um. Uh, bitter has the air quotes around it, and it, it leaves you with a little bit of bitterness on the tongue, but not in any kind of bad way. I mean, no. like certain things should have a little bitterness to them. Mm-hmm. It's not an attitude bitterness. It's, right. <laughs> you right. know, it's a well, flavor bitterness. I yeah. really dig this, and I think that this would go well 
with a cigar. You know, I mentioned sometimes on the show that I love IPAs, I love the bitterness, but sometimes that that sort of all-out hoppiness doesn't mesh well with cigars for me because it leaves more of a bitter taste in my mouth and then it makes the cigar come off a little harsh. Uh, I think this would be a really nice one to pair with a nice smoke. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to try this with like a nice medium Maduro of mm-hmm. some sort. Guys, something let's do little, this. Something with a little chocolatiness yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah, so let's make this okay. happen. All right. So so do you have a place at uh, at your uh, at Eureka Heights, where you know we can sit, have a, a brew, and and smoke something. Yes, we can make that happen. Okay, uh, cool, not a problem. Cool, we uh, like that. Just to kind of go a little bit more into this beer, though, uh, the flavors you get, as you mentioned, um, you get kind of a bready, kind of a, a citrus, not citrusy, I'd say, more of a malty, um, uh, bready, kind of toasty, kind of a, of a taste. Um, and so, as I go out and I show this to people who are either familiar with the style or or not familiar with the style. Uh, it's a welcome reprieve from all those IPAs that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The fact that there is a whole new category that's already existed, but just not really well uh, maintained in our area. I think it's awesome, too, when uh, a brewery like yours will really work to try to establish a style that isn't as popular. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, yeah. it really can kind of set you apart. You know, it's, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm glad everybody, to see this come Everybody back. has an IPA. Everybody has a stout or a porter of some kind, you know, and most people have got a blonde or or a lager or something on the lighter side to to feel that, but that not a lot of ESB. So. No, and this is a nice full flavor, but still four point seven ABV. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And so, still quite sessionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it very much. Well, uh, this is now. Now, tell me, the Wicked Awesome. We first tasted the uh, the Buckle Bunny, which mm-hmm. was the cream ale, and Wicked Awesome. Were these beers basically formulated more or less at the same time? Did you did your brewers start with one and then add another? Like, how did it work when you were getting ready to launch the brewery? Sure. Yeah, there was a uh, a lot of talking uh, behind the scenes uh, well in advance before the brewery was created. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Different styles that we wanted to to um, to approach. Um, the real reason we did this is one of the founders um, spent a lot of time in London and fell in love with the style, and so from there it was it was pretty easy where. Okay, this is the the one of the founders. Uh, they enjoy this style. Let's make a beer that they would like, and that's pretty much what we all did with these different kinds of beers. Is we spoke to each other and we said, "What do you like? What what is a beer you like? What would mm-hmm. you like to see out there?" And then uh, we did our market research and asked other people and did a whole bunch of sampling with various different recipes and um, found the ones that stuck. So um, yeah, I wouldn't say there's like a, a typical like scale like chronologically of when they were created, but um, we had different styles that we wanted to hit, and uh, I think we really did with these. So would you get like a call or an email that says, hey, everybody come in. We've got to taste some more styles. And yeah, and you hate those likes. emails. Wow. It's so tough to get. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I can't. Oh, man, I have to go back into the <laughs> office again. Uh, yeah. I, just, I just want to point out, too, we keep using the term bitter on this, which I guess is traditional and, and true. But it almost leaves, if you put it in wine terms, it's more of a dryness. You're right. Like on it the tail It is almost a, a dry. And maybe that's. That's why they use that term because it's a little gentler on the ears. It does feel and taste very British to me. I know yeah. that's probably not a, a a really accurate like way to describe <laughs> things, but but when I when I drink this, I I do I think about being at the Red Lion or mm-hmm. the uh, Richmond Arms or one of those yeah. places that you know it just it just feels and kind of smells 
like that kind of a vibe. You know, you walk in and you order one of these and it comes to you not very cold because that's the way they like to pour mm-hmm. them there. And there's people around watching soccer. You know, it's yeah. that kind of a vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd like to point out we have given this beer to um, to English folks and they've said that you've nailed the style. You know, too often we'll take a beer and try and change and accentuate it, as you mentioned earlier. But we went with the traditional uh, recipe here. We've got English yeast and English malts, and we're sticking to what the style should be and not doing any kind of additives or, or hybrids or anything like that. So English, we've got the thumbs up from the English community. Well, I will give you a so thumbs far. up on this one as well, and I think you're digging it too, Ian. Correct? I am. I'm enjoying this tremendously. Right. Thank you. All right, so when we come back, it's going to be a taste-heavy segment. We're going to taste two beers plus... A spirit tasting, the Siembra Azul Tequila, all in our next segment. Plus, still to come, uh, cigars may be better for you than they have been advertised to be. We have that story coming up. It's Sip, Smoke, and Savor. It's not just me, right? You can tell that it's Carlos Santana, like, yeah. immediately. Okay. It just happens. Just, just thought so. Uh, welcome back to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. This is show number 10, and I'd just like to say, um, <clears throat> Mom, I did amount to something after all. We've done 10 shows. Look what so, we're doing now. Yeah, isn't this exciting? <laughs> It's the program about craft beer, craft spirits, and uh, fine cigars. We want to talk a little bit about uh, cigars and one of the new studies that has come out, come out. That's coming up. I do want to also invite you to join us for Whiskies of the World. If you are in the Houston area, this is going to be a very exciting event at the Hyatt Regency downtown Houston. We'll be there talking to whiskey lovers, people who do you know whiskey, who distill it, people who drink it, people who serve it. It's going to be a really exciting event with over 200 whiskeys all in one room and there's going to be cigars and there's going to be food pairings and it's going to be fantastic it's uh, october 1st it's the hyatt regency downtown houston and if you buy your tickets before september 10th online at whiskeys of the just just google whiskeys of the world uh use the code sss and you'll get 20 uh, percent off so ah, i'm very excited very cool that. thing yeah it's going to be i'm looking forward to it. it's going to be fun like I can hardly contain myself. <laughs> right now we're sitting here with Brent Davis from uh, Eureka Heights Brewing Company. And uh, Brent, how do we get in touch with you? Where's where do we find Eureka you mean, like, Heights? Like socially, like media wise, like social media wise. Yeah. Why? You yeah. know? Yes. Okay, I mean, we I mean, can go right deeper here, than that. But, but, or yeah. we could ask what bars you like to hang out at. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, social media. We're, yep. uh, Twitter, Twitter we're Instagram, uh, Eureka Heights. Uh, Eureka Heights dot com is the website. Uh, Eureka Heights Brew Co on Facebook. And OK Cupid, Eureka Heights. I would yes, like to point we have out a dating profile. I would like you to point out that Eureka date us, date us. <laughs> I would totally. Eureka date. Heights has an interesting <laughs> sense of humor going through their whole social media thing. Yep. If you haven't been to their website, you definitely need to go check oh, it out. Cool. We like to have fun. It's beer uh, brings people together, like we are here, uh, yeah. and let's just have fun and enjoy it. And 
Have a laugh. Ian, reach over there and open our next uh, sampler oh, let's here. Let's see. Let's so, get this. I love these Eureka. We, we will post this uh, photo on the Facebook page, by the way. We just lined up and made a wonderful beer pyramid out of these uh, Eureka Heights cans, and it's really cool. Uh, while he's pouring this, tell us what this next uh, beer is. You got it. This is Mostly Harmless. Okay. Mostly or, Harmless. Okay. I love yeah, it. Love yeah. the name. Uh, it's this, a, is, this is an obvious uh, reference to... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Hitchhiker's Guide the Hitch- to the Galaxy. Yeah, the Hitchhiker's mm-hmm. Guide yes, to the Galaxy. Yes, thank you. Adam. So long and thanks for all the fish. That's um, one of the, probably <laughs> the best book title of all time. Yeah, yeah. So long and thanks for all the fish. Love uh-huh. it. Uh, so this is mostly harmless. Uh, our little logo is a dolphin standing there in a towel with a mm-hmm. little wet puddle underneath him. But it. it looks a little bit like Joel, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> a very little threat, it says. Yeah, mostly harmless. <clears throat> mostly harmless, um, okay. This guy's a Citra Pale. It's 4.5%. And take a smell on the nose, if you would, and just get that citra just really is, popping. Yeah, and you can smell that citra hopping yeah, right away. Gosh, now, is is citra pale a style We're of ca- beer, or is this yeah. is this a different style of beer, but you're describing it as citra pale? We are taking um, a beer that we are kind of feeling out. It could be described as a hoppy pale um, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we're doing here. It's a hoppy pale, but we're paying more attention to the citra because that's the real driving force here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it could be the, either be a hoppy pale or it could be a sessionable IPA because the IBUs are 42. Um, okay. So the hop is there, but not anything that would detract from a person who is having who is uh, doesn't really care for IPAs. It's, it's mm-hmm. a whole different spectrum. But um, if you take a smell, you get the citra. And, and for me, I can't, I get a combination of grapefruit, of orange, lime. Um, Definitely grapefruit yeah. and lime. You can yeah, get that right off the bat. Big big combo. Um, and it, it just all comes to, together so well. I will tell you, when I taste this, for whatever reason, I immediately want chips, salsa, and some really good enchiladas. Yeah, I can see that. You know? I'm like with this, that. I'm with that. This beer is way more up front than both of your other beers. That's the, right. The flavor is way more at the front of the palate. And I'll say way more up front. I'm a fan of pale ales. It's yeah. way more up front than most of the right. pails that right. I do. Yep, and that's where we're going with those IBUs, the 42, that it's just a little bit more higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the body of it is, is nice and medium. Uh, it leaves, again, crisp. There's not a lot of lingering aftertaste. Right. This There's one, some citra, but not too much. Go ahead. This one has, I think, a less lingering aftertaste than either of the other two, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has. it's very strong up front yeah. as far as... Uh, and even on the nose. Just hitting, I mean, yeah, when just, you yeah. first smell this, you think it's going to wallop you, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the hops. And then not so much. Then the the citrusy flavor really kind of um, kind of balances that. Yeah, that's it out. Nice. yeah. we uh, yeah we we put this beer out there. We weren't sure how it would go. Um, it turns out it's our best seller above the IPA. Really? Yes, oh, I love exactly. That. Yeah, I love and it's that. fun to do that because we put all five beers out and we didn't you know try to push one flagship. We wanted to mm-hmm. see what everybody thought. We were open to everybody's opinions, and this is the the go to for now, for a lot of people. In a case like this, obviously you guys are brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're getting taps wherever you can get them, uh, and you're not on store shelves yet. Correct. correct? So is this being your bestseller, does that have more to do with the fact that people are ordering this more, or does it have more to do with the fact that you've got more taps? 
this of has this to do, than they're the ordering other. more. Uh, they're this ordering is both more, really? in the brewery. We're, we're open Saturdays. Right. We're, we're extending our hours now, 12 to 8, and we've added a Friday, 4 to 8 as well uh, due to the demand. But, uh, yeah, people are, are going for this. They, they try the IPA first, and it's a phenomenal IPA, and then they try this second, and it, and it just kind of really works well, probably with the temperature that we have right now. You've got a great atmosphere setting up there, but it is hot inside the uh, warehouse. So Just these, like every startup, yeah. Yeah, these first three beers are going to be definitely good ones to drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's hot outside, you're going right. to notice that yeah. right off the bat. Right. Well, this is fantastic, and we are going to taste a couple of beers in this segment. So as much as I like this, let's go ahead and open up the next one, Ian, if you want to do the uh, honors. You got it. So right now he's opening up Space Train. Space and, uh, Train. And this is your IPA. Isn't that it? is right. Yeah. And and it's a it's a law. You can't open a brewery without <laughs> having an IPA, I have to uh, report. All right. So let me ask you then. At this point, because I know, and I'm an, I'm an IPA fan. Me too. Ian, Ian, I kind of drag him, you know, sort of kicking and screaming to the IPAs. Although <laughs> we did try some last week on the IPA show that he really liked. But um, our brewers, like the brewmasters, the guys who the really guys with the do big this, beards, yes, the guys with the big beards. Are they kind of over IPAs at this point? And they're going, okay, I'll do an IPA if you want me to. I don't think so. Uh, no? No, I think it's it's going to be – I don't see it as a, as a fad by any means. I think really? it's – Yeah, and it goes to the consumer as well. I mean, it's it's everywhere for a reason. I mean, it's right. great style. It is something that we, we know and appreciate, and there's different levels of it. So you could go the double IPA or the, like the really aggressive, or you can do what we did, which is the session IPA. Okay, so this is a more sessionable, full hop speed ahead is the uh, slogan I yeah, see on, yeah. on your uh, a Space Train uh, logo here. And I love... I love the astronaut. Uh, yes, that's that's very cool. <laughs> so our brewer's wife worked at NASA. And, Makes sense. Um, yes, and we have uh, trains all over the city. So we went with Space Train because it makes no sense, but it sounds cool. So I like Space Train immediately. <laughs> I thought of some sort of futuristic. 2001, you know, disco vibe uh, when I heard the uh, space train. So, uh, so that worked. That works for me. Uh, and I haven't tasted this yet. Ian, this you is have. described. It's uh, like one of the descriptions you have here is tropical fruit, citrus, and uh, bitter. And I have to agree with all those. But what's interesting about this particular IPA is it's not so hoppy. It just slaps you around. It's more balanced. I, I got to tell you, I really exactly. like I'm this. I'm happy with this. Now, Thank you. I'm I'm a session IPA guy. My favorite IPAs are not. The ones that are so hoppy, they you know kind of beat you across the top of the head. I like the ones you can drink you know for a while that have a little bit of that citrusy vibe mm-hmm. to them. And this, as you said, not only has a citrus feel, but maybe a little I don't know is it it's pineapple? Got a, it's got what am I what am I getting yeah. in there? Some you know? candied fruits. You're getting tropical fruits, and this is coming from the the hops we have in mm-hmm. here, which are some of the ones that people go to. But we also have some experimentals. So we have Centennial. We have mosaic. Mosaic is something that you can really pick up on for that that mm-hmm. citrus. Uh, El Dorado, and then we have some experimentals that aren't even named yet. So we're having fun with it. And um, yeah, I like again that you have that bitter that's there, but I think it's really balanced well. You get the fruit and the bitter at the same time, so it's not like one act and then a second act, but it just really finishes clean. Now this is when I think of IPA, uh, other than the fact that it has a surprising amount of fruitiness to it, but I like the balance of this more than anything. Like mm-hmm. this is what I think. Mm-hmm. When I think of IPA and a, like a real true to style, that's not, you know, like like not like the Stone IPAs that are so brutal. But I mean, right. this is more balanced. I have a, a friend, and this reminds the way you were talking about the different <clears throat> varieties of hops reminds me of a friend I have who lives in Colorado, where uh, pot is legal. And oh, he, really? Yeah, he talks about oh. the uh, the places that you can go to buy it and how they've got 
these like hundreds of different strains and they're all like named these wacky different kind of names and they all are just a little bit different in what they offer some of them are better for you know meditation some are better for just like getting completely blitzed some are more for a health type of thing mm-hmm. but they've like got this almost down to a science and that's kind of what I was thinking of when you were describing the different hops. You've got the uh, uh, the mosaic and the Eldorado, and then you've got these experimental hops yeah, yeah. that aren't even named yet. Is that kind of the way the brew masters are now about hops? They're like yeah. experimenting with different ones that we haven't even absolutely I mean, named yet. That's, that's how you set yourself apart for <laughs> one thing, and two, you want to create something new, your own masterpiece, and and not follow the same footsteps that everybody else does. So, right. uh, in doing this, you get to create a brand new. You get to create a space train. So why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, this is quite good. Now, I'm I'm 5.8%. I'm I'm fighting a little bit as to whether I like this better or the ESB. Like mm-hmm. I really like both of these beers. I like the ESB style better, but I will tell you that I like this. This would fast track right to one of my favorite IPAs right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Wow. Well, like as a, as a drinkable, I'm going to sit down and have more than one IPA. This would be now. Ian, exactly. did you have this one when you went to the soft opening, or is this a actually? First I did not, but we did buy uh, a 32 ounce crowler mm-hmm. and brought it home and then had it sitting in my pool outside. Okay. <laughs> All right. So when we come back in a few minutes, because we got to take a break, we still have a tequila to sample. We have one more beer from Eureka Heights, and then I want to ask you. Uh, what's the process now for us being able to find Eureka Heights on the store shelves mm-hmm. in a Specs or uh, any of the other places we may go to shop for beer? So mm-hmm. that's all coming up, and we appreciate you listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor, Craft Beer, Craft Spirits, and Fine Cigars. We'll be right back. Isn't that tasty? Ah, just love the suffers. Uh, this is Sip, Smoke, and Savor, the program that deals with craft beer, craft spirits, and uh, fine cigars. We're dealing with some great craft beer. In fact, I am. I just want to say I love this space train. I am a space train convert. You're you on know, board? Punch my ticket. On, I'm on board. Yeah. Going off the rails. I'm down with it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> that would have made Cat Stevens more interesting, I think, if he had sang Climb Aboard the Space Train. Yeah, right. You know? agree. Wouldn't, agree. It? Wouldn't it? Uh, the FDA, which now regulates cigars, has taken the position that cigar smoking carries many of the same health risks as cigarette smoking. The agency, as we've talked about on this show and as most people know, is now requiring cigar packages and ads to display six new warnings, including... Warnings that say cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. And cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. However, a new FDA report shows that smoking up to two cigars a day is associated with minimal significant health risks. Last year, The FDA staff, led by Cindy Chang from the Food and Drug Administration, published in the BMC Public Health Periodical, they did a systematic review of the risks of cigar smoking, declaring that their action wasn't to do a formal dissemination of information uh, and that the FDA 
does not represent that this whole thing did not represent the policy or position of the FDA. It was supposed to be just about that is so research. bureaucratic. It's isn't it though? It's like <laughs> we're going to do this, but we will. It's it's kind of like on Mission Impossible, where the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions should right. you, should you be caught. The authors of this study reviewed twenty two prospective. Uh, studies on cigars and health outcomes. They produce tables of results for many smoking-related diseases. The studies explore results for deaths from all causes and from cancers among men who are primarily cigar smokers, which means no history of cigarette or pipe right. smoking. This was just about cigars. Uh, because the 22 studies employed different methods, because they controlled or adjusted for various factors, the FDA, FDA authors did not provide overall summary risk estimates. But um, the risk for individual cancers, they said like cigarette smokers, cigar smokers have elevated cancer risk, especially at places in contact with smoke, like the mouth and the throat, esophagus, larynx, and lung. For other sites, elevated risks are minimal based on very limited data. In other research, though, they said primary cigar smokers consumed on average about one to two cigars per day when they smoked. And while some risk estimates are elevated, that none are statistically significant. And that's the bottom line to this. They, they're they not saying there are no risks. They're saying that the numbers don't add up to this being, to cigar smokers. And again, this is moderate cigar smoking. This is one to two cigars So today. we've disproved it, but we're sticking by it. Yes. Well, the important stay home, uh, take home message for cigar smokers with respect to risk of all causes of death and smoking-related cancers, the FDA staff says they've concluded that cigar smoking carries many of the same health risks as cigarette smoking, but mortality risks from cigar smoking vary by level of exposure as measured by cigars per day and by inhalation level which was not discussed in this study, and they can be as high as those that uh, that are known with cigarette smoking. However, the data indicates that consumption of up to two cigars per day, while not completely safe, is neither associated with significantly increased risk for death from all causes nor smoking-related cases. I would also like to point out just real quickly for any non-cigar <clears throat> smokers that are listening mm-hmm. to us um, that – when you smoke a cigar, you actually don't inhale the smoke. Uh, and a lot of non-cigar smokers feel. don't understand that. Right. Yeah. It's just a mouthfeel thing. It's not like a cigarette where you light and you inhale fully and then exhale. This is just a mouthfeel thing. Mm-hmm. You puff. It really is, yeah. And uh, the smoke goes into your mouth and then you blow the smoke out. Right. But you, you don't never it inhale lungs, it. It never right. goes into your lungs. And if you do, boy, you'll be sad. You, you, will, you will know <laughs> you all will about know. it right away. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. Well, I thought that was significant, and I know you're not going to hear a lot about this. So I right. wanted to I wanted to share it because it's not a popular position to take. So tell me is. about this tequila you brought today. Well, this is a tequila that goes back to when I was living in Philadelphia. I was uh, <laughs> I'd just taken a new job, and I was living in what they called the Assassin's Apartment, which oh. was the uh, uh, the one that they rent you for a month when you first get to town, and it has like no pictures on the wall. It's very nondescript. Oh. You know, there's like nothing to indicate that a person was ever was ever there right right uh, so i was living in the assassin's apartment and i was uh living there by myself and so i went out to buy some tequila uh because i wanted something to drink and because in, tequila in mm-hmm. philadelphia uh in all of pennsylvania 
Uh, the state controls the liquor stores, so you have to go to a state store. Mm-hmm. So you never know what they're going to have. So I went, and I was looking for a couple things I knew, didn't see them, but there were all kinds of other things. And I wound up buying this bottle because I really was just looking for something inexpensive. I wound up deciding to buy this bottle of just this Blanco uh, tequila because I didn't want to spend the money for the Tres Generaciones uh, uh, Añejo, which is what I really had wanted to buy. Right, right. But it was a little pricey. The state is not uh, cheap. And uh, so I bought the uh, Siembra Azul, and I brought it home, and it knocked my socks off. Of course, then again, I was in the assassin's apartment, and I was probably easily impressed. Was that after you drank a bunch of it, or <laughs> it knocked your socks off before you drank a bunch well, of it? Well, I just knocked my socks off when I first drank it. Oh, so, okay. The taste knocked right, your socks taste, off. yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> I've had so, my socks knocked off by tequila before. It wasn't necessarily the taste. Well, I will <laughs> tell you, I went back to this. Later, after I had purchased some more uh, expensive and and uh, uh, aged tequila, and found that this actually served me better than some of the more expensive añejos and and extra añejos. So I am going to pour a little of this for you guys here. I don't know if you'll have the revelatory kind of experience that I have uh, that I have had, I, but I will say two things. Number one, this has remained a favorite through the years. And number two, it is no longer nearly as cheap as it was that first time I bought it in Philadelphia. I would also like to point out that while we're trying this tequila, we do not have what I like to call training wheels, which is the... uh the salt and the lime. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we no, don't. No. We don't do that. If we you need salt and lime for your tequila, then you need better tequila. You need better tequila. <laughs> now, th- but this is a blanco. So now, Siembra Azul, I will say, has a reposado and an añejo, and I've tried them both. And for my money, I like the blanco right better. And and the blanco is the clear right. The clear and it's tequila. kind of like when we had uh, uh, Ian on from Great Dane yes. uh, uh, Brewing. He was bringing the silver, which is the rum equivalent of the blanco, which means. They they craft it for taste and basically bottle it immediately. It's not aged. That's right. the that's the thing with blanco. So you would expect it to be more difficult for them to get a really particular flavor. But I have found that this is, um, I, I I've it's got the vanilla notes that I like and mm-hmm. it's uh, I think yeah it's the vanilla really, notes really add a sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, a very it's a very sweet. It is. It's very sweet, and um, this pairs and beautifully. I was thinking that with too. cigars, by the, the way. smooth, and but it's still got that flavor. And now it. we are drinking this neat, right? Room temperature, room temperature, straight up, yep. and yep. this is really, really a nice. I'm happy uh, with nice this flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Uh, tell me, tell me what you're, tell me what you're getting on the nose, and and what this is bringing to you in terms of the overall vibe and feel. It smells spicy when I smell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely get uh, some of the spicy smell. You know, it's funny, though, because when I taste it, though, I get a lot of sweet. I get a lot of, um, corn's not the right, right word, but there's a lot of sweetness to it that uh, that I wasn't expecting at first. There's no bitterness. It's so smooth. It just follows straight down. If you compare yeah. this to, like, a Patron Silver, which is a very good silver tequila, by the way, even though it's extremely popular, it's the reason it's so popular is it's a very good silver tequila. Um I find that this just outtastes it all the way. Like wow. it just has a much more balanced feel. You get more of that uh, sort of vanilla and those notes and spices on the back. Whereas the Patron Silver is good, but extremely straightforward and a little more jarring to the senses. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'll agree um, with that. So, all right, we are on limited time. While Ian opens up the next beer, let me remind everyone uh, that if you are into whiskey, we talk about a lot of things here on the show, but if you're into whiskey, we encourage you to join us at Whiskeys of the World on October 1st, uh, downtown Houston at the Hyatt. And if you go to Whiskeys of the World, 
uh, website, and please do. Uh, you can save 20% on your tickets. There'll be over 200 whiskeys. You should definitely check it out. Uh, save over 20% on your tickets if you buy them before September 10th by using the code SSS for Sip, Smoke, and Savor. All right, so this final Eureka Heights beer that we are trying, and let me ask you this, is are five five styles what you have what you are producing currently yep these will be okay. our year-round beers you'll get them okay. uh all day uh, every year every every day but um this is this available smells now spicy. yes it's fantastic mm. this is moo caliente our spiced milk stout now this surprises me a little because i'm used to mo- uh, milk stouts being very smooth and almost like a a chocolate milk of beers, so right. to speak. But this has a little like habanero or cayenne or something. Cayenne. Uh, so you'll get yeah. cinnamon on the front. Um, so when you taste it, there's three types of cinnamon that's sweet. This is a milk stout, so it's going to be sweet. It's not coffee style. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. full. It's it's roasty, but it's not coffee. Um, and then about three or four seconds later, you get a little tinge in the back of your throat. There it is. Oh, there you it is. It. Yes. That's you said cayenne. that right as it happened. I was yeah. say, <laughs> that's the same. My same I've experience. got my timing down. Right as you said it, yeah. I was like, oh, there it is. And it's more yes. pronounced on the second um, sip, but it's nothing that I've not had any kind of negative feedback that it's too much spice. Um, I've actually uh, had an account tell me like they don't like stouts, and then after this, they had this drink, they they actually bought the stout. Well, it, I will I will say that I've had some of these like beers that have like jalapeno in them, for example, that wreck the and palate. It's right? just oh yeah, it just yeah, destroys too much. the palate. This is so not I that. was actually worried about that. With I will tell beer. you if you accidentally buy a jalapeno beer that has too much jalapeno. Great for cooking brats. Oh, well, that's good to know, and and makes total sense. Yes. <laughs> so even though this sense, this so. uh, stout here tastes really full bodied and everything, and it's a wonderful, it's only six percent. It's our highest ABV uh, because we are making all these sessionable beers. Eventually, we'll make some other ones that are going to be some some big bombs. But for now, we got the five sessionables. All right, Britt, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. We have really enjoyed tasting these beers. They're all just fabulous. Thank you. Which one of these five is your favorite? Do you have a favorite child? That milk stout, that Moo Caliente. Oh, I love yeah. that. Tell us how people reach you uh, at uh, Eureka Heights. We're at uh, at Eureka Heights. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Eureka Heights Brew Co. and EurekaHeights.com. Hope you guys come out to the brewery sometime. And you can find us at Sip, Smoke, and Savor on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Have a great week, Ian. Love you, bro. Have a great week. I'll see you next. Thanks, guys.